that's something that I've really been pushing for is for you know businesses to take a much more of a practical approach to their staff and actually have a connection with them and understand what they're going through and how they're feeling at work. I'm Danny Vallant and this is Dirty Linen, the podcast that takes the issues the hospitality industry finds hard to air in public and shakes them all about. George Wintle is a young chef who was a chef de party at Oak Ridge and he reached out to me probably a month ago now because he was doing a forum as part of his Eat the Issue series around mental health and hospitality. Uh, I was really impressed. He's a, he's a young chef and I just thought, wow, someone who's so young but so active in this space is obviously going to be in the industry for a long time and, and make, some, make some great changes. Um, but, you know, our forum, I think, was going to be next Monday. That didn't happen. George isn't even in Melbourne anymore. Things change in the COVID times, don't they? Oh, God, yeah. You can never predict anything. I think key thing from this year is try not to make too many plans. <laughs> That's it. So, George, uh, tell me where you are right now and tell me the circumstances in which you find yourself. Uh, I've just moved up to the, the Blue Mountains to undertake a new role uh, up there. So I'm currently in two weeks of, of isolation, which uh, has been okay so far. It's only been three days, so I'm still keeping positive and, and staying mentally strong. So, yeah, so far, so good. It's, yeah, so interesting. It's, um, you don't feel very clean as a Melbourneian at the moment, do you? Nobody wants us. <laughs> not, not at all. I was quite – I'd heard quite a few stories of um, – some Victorians being in New South Wales, you know, just a couple of days before we went into quarantine and, you know, even them coming back, um, you know, a, a day or two after quarantine had already started in Melbourne, there were a lot of restaurants that actually uh, kicked them back just because they were from Victoria, didn't even really worry about where they'd been before or anything like that. But um, I was, I, I assumed that I'd have uh, somewhat of the same reception, but Fortunately, I haven't encountered anything like that yet. So, yeah, head, heads are up. <laughs> That's good. Um, and you've moved there for a job, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't really say too much yet as um, it hasn't really been uh, publicised much, but uh, I'm really excited to kind of uh, put my skills to the test up here and, and to put uh, my knowledge um, yeah, into action. Fantastic. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be interested in the issue of mental health in hospitality. Um, well, yeah, I, so I am quite a young chef. I'm fairly new to the industry. Um, I'm 22. So I started my apprenticeship when I was 17. So it's only been, yeah, five, five or so years in the industry. Um, I've been really fortunate to find myself working with some incredible people Um you know, most recently at Oak Ridge with, with Matt and Joe. Um, that was a place that I felt really, really, really special um, to be a part of. Uh, Matt and Joe, especially around mental health, really looked out for everyone in the kitchen and the restaurant. So I'll just, just leap in and say, um, I'll just leap in and say, George, um, Matt Stone and Joe Barrett, for anybody who doesn't know, and Oak Ridge is a winery restaurant in the Yarra Valley, so about an hour outside of Melbourne. And I, I guess there's so much there that's focused around the garden and about the region. Uh, it's just lunches. So I suppose there's an opportunity to work at a reasonable pace and uh, they seem very much focused on having a life as well as uh, being, you know, being hard at work. So um, would you say that's a, a fair explanation of the place? 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, having that work-life balance, um, you know, that, that, you know, allowed Matt and Joe to really um, get the Oak Ridge name up, up and running, um, you know, outside of the kitchen. But there was also a really strong encouragement for all of us um, in the kitchen and the restaurant as well to, to build our profile at the same time. So yeah, they were always motivating us, trying to push us to do to do more. Um, not not even just for the Oak Ridge brand, but but for ourselves and our futures as well. That's fantastic. But you found that some of your friends were not so fortunate in their workplaces. I did, I did, and that's um, where you know it, the issue was born. Essentially, um, there was one of my friends who was struggling quite a bit, um, and you know found themselves in. In, in hospital, um, struggling quite a bit. Um, and when, when I visited them, um, you know, hearing their story and, you know, their history, it's, it was really disheartening to think that that goes on in hospitality. Um, I found my, I felt so fortunate to be working in a place where I was, where um, I was so cared about and there was so much attention put into not only me, but everyone in the kitchen. Um, it made me really want to speak up and try and start advocating, I guess, for, you know, positive mental health in restaurants. So when you say that, you know, that would happen, um, what, what, what were you talking about that your friend had encountered or experienced in her workplace? Uh, a, a lot of abuse, um, which, which led to um, substance abuse and, and other forms of, you know, self-harm, which, you know, is, is never okay in any situation. And I think for a business to kind of let that run and and let that go unnoticed is is not good uh, whatsoever and that's something that I've really been pushing for is for you know businesses to take a much more of a practical approach to their staff and actually have a connection with them and understand what they're going through and how they're feeling at work I mean that's a lot to take on to you know create that sort of industry-wide change so I mean how did you break that down into bite-sized pieces or you know actions um, oh, good question. I, I always like taking on a lot. I feel as though if I'm ever sitting still, um, you know, I'm just, just not very active. So I, I tried to take on as much as I could. So setting up the issue, just the foundation of it, um, took quite a bit of time, but having the support of, um, Victor Leong, which I held my first event at Lee Ho Fook was phenomenal. And he really guided me through, um, event planning, which I think was, you know, one of the main things that I'd never really, I'd never really encountered um, before. So he was uh, a really great mentor in that aspect, and also my mum, uh, Ray Bonnie. She she's a very large um, uh, figure within men- the mental health space in Australia and and if not the world. So she um, has. I've always kind of been around mental health and listening to the work that she does. Um, I've always felt that sense of um, I, I've always wanted to make change in that aspect because, you know, hearing some of the stories um, that, you know, she would mention to us was was really disheartening. And, and, you know, when I encountered one of my friends that was going through something that bad, it really made me want to do something for my industry that I love so much. That's so interesting. So w- what's your mum's role? Um, t- to be honest, she, she does so much. Um, I, I always ask her, I'm like, what what do you actually do? But her role entails so much. Uh, she does a lot. Um, she, she is uh, an independent uh, business, so, so, so to speak. Um, she does a lot around uh, mental health plans um, and especially in the, in the 
um, con construction and infrastructure industries. Um, so always going out to work sites or um, you know large spaces where there's a lot of men. Uh, men, uh, you know, key examples of people who don't really speak out about their mental health um, or well-being at all. So she's always there um, encouraging them to to kind of you know, feel comfortable with speaking out and giving them a mentally uh, a mentally healthy space to speak out in. Okay. I mean, it's so interesting because you're quite an unusual person in that talking about mental health was just normal for you and uh, you had this example with your mum that, yeah, it was just a thing that you needed to deal with and you needed to create safe spaces. But so many people that um, come into restaurant kitchens don't have that upbringing and that that feeling or, and, and perhaps the, the restaurant culture doesn't support them to uh, speak openly about mental health. And so eat the issue is, what is it? What is eat the issue? Um, I see it more as a, a platform for people to come out and, you know, I'm creating a, a space for people to feel comfortable and to talk to other people from the industry about potential struggles they're having um, with themselves or even even business owners can come and, you know, bounce ideas off each other um, about how to create a mentally healthy space in their restaurants. So uh, always inviting uh, mental health, uh, not mental health professionals, sorry, um, you know, restaurant leaders um, to come and talk about how they manage their staff and also themselves because I feel as though, you know, the people who we all look up to almost seem bulletproof. Um, you know, they never never appear to let anything affect them but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're the ones who, you know, kind of get left left in the dark when it comes to their own mental health and, and forgotten about, so to say. So I think it was really cool to kind of open up a platform for them to talk to each other and also for, you know, people like me who were just cooking along and you always find some some speed bumps uh, in the road and to just have someone to talk to or just, just get a few more ideas about how to manage your mental health is a, is a really good thing. Okay. So currently you're in quarantine. You're going to be there for a couple of weeks and we're all not living our normal lives at the moment. But what do you think, you know, that we could do in this current situation that might help us deal with it in the first place and also come out the other side better prepared and mentally stronger? Um, I, I think upskilling is a really good thing in this point in time. Uh, you know, doing things at home, you know, just starting a few projects here and there, it's a really good time to yeah, just give, give things a crack. There's no one um, judging anything except for you. So try really try something wild and, and different that you've never done before. I think that's a really cool thing. And there's a few people around that have really kind of taken this by the balls and, and given it a red hot crack like uh, Nabil Ansari from Sunda looking at how successful he's um, come out of this is really inspiring and really uplifting to know that it's that just because that or our rest our industry is you know almost falling apart that there's still hope and just because there's no restaurants there doesn't mean we should stop and sit still and wait for it to get better yeah so if anyone hasn't um caught up with what nabil's doing he's uh, an indian guy who's been cooking at sundar and he's been uh, cooking beautiful indian food from his home i think in the first lockdown and now he's doing it out of the windsor hotel which is the owner of sundar and yeah i agree like it is very inspiring to see people uh, trying new things but also i think a lot of people really leaning on their own heritage and um yeah just creating things for for melbourne and and you know the rest of australia that are 
yeah, that would be great for us all to know more about. So, yeah, regional Indian food is something I'm a little bit obsessed with, so I love that one particularly. <laughs> and it just goes to show, like, how great the hospitality community is. It's, you know, no one ever stops and everyone's always out there backing each other, always encouraging each other to do more and more. We're all interested to see what the next person's doing. There's never anyone kicking down on other people, which is great. Uh, what about reflecting on the way things have been and, and perhaps using that as a spur to make change in the future? Um, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone in hospitality knows that, you know, hospitality 20 years ago is definitely not what it is now, which is which is great. Um, I, we, I've never really liked to dwell on what uh, hospitality was. I think everyone knows, we've all heard about it a million times, especially, you know, starting our apprenticeships or getting into the industry um, at any point, you know, it's, it's a really hard place to be uh, and, you know, juggling your mental health on top of, you know, the grueling work that it is, is really difficult. Um, there's a, I've, I've done some, you know, quite heavy reading over the past uh, couple of days while being in, in quarantine and Beyond Blue actually have uh, some great framework for mental health plans, which is great. Um, so, I mean, for any businesses kind of, you know, in that, in that question of how, how do I make my workplace more mentally healthy um, for my staff and to try and create better environments for them? Uh, it, Beyond Blue is a great place to start. Um, they have a, a really good um, little PDF on there that's about the seven actions to help create a mentally healthy workplace. Um, so I think just approaching that and having a look at that is a really good start. Okay, what are some of the actions or the things that you think uh, could make workplaces more healthy? Uh, I think just, well, well, number one is improving the understanding of mental health, which I think a lot of people, you know, have a very large mis misconception of. Um, you know, I know that I always kind of push my anxiety just to the back of my mind and just try to keep carrying on and, and you know, it does build up, but I just don't really think it's much and, and you keep you know, you keep throwing it down and throwing it down thinking it's nothing, but it does actually build up and, and take its toll on you. So I think, uh, you know, business leaders and, and mentors, you know, if they can help their staff understand what, you know, me mental health uh, issues are, um, things like depression and anxiety and that they actually entail a lot more than what we think, I think that's a really good place to start. Um, and always trying to promote positive mental health and well-being. So, you know, some of those things can be encouraging staff to work on tasks together or, you know, discussing ideas and sharing skills. I think um, briefing and debriefing um, as a group and also one-on-one uh, -on -one is a really good thing to do in kitchens. Um, there's a lot of places that don't do that. But, uh, I, you know, if you have a bad service and... There's, there's no more discussion about it after the initial bollocking at that point in time, then you go home and you're kind of reflecting on that and you don't really know what went wrong and you don't know how to fix it and then that same thing happens the next day and then all of these things keep building up and building up but you just – and you don't know how to fix these these things. It's a thing that can take a huge toll on someone and ultimately affect – how they work in a, in a workplace. I can imagine that would be a really massive thing and, and people might go away from a situation and have completely different readings of what actually happened. Like one person might think there was just 
the worst thing and they really stuffed up but then perhaps the person perhaps the person who's like supervising them didn't really think it was such a big deal I can so I guess that that sort of debriefing and just calibrating well well how bad was it you know what, what was it how bad was it how do we fix it how does it not happen again and how do we all feel okay about it going forward is is that the sort of stuff you're talking about yeah that's exactly right and I don't I mean it, you always have to have a connection with your staff as well you can't just um, think that uh, like one approach is going to be the exact same for everyone. You can't just talk to, you know, 10 people in one room and, and assume everyone's going to um, have the same reception of it. I think you, if there's someone in your kitchen who, you know, might be a bit more uh, introverted, I think you need to actually have a bit more of a one-on-one approach with them and, you know, talk to them and actually see how they're feeling independently because, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there that, you know, will just kind of take it on the chin and, and carry on and not really think it's going to build up when it actually does. Mm. And tell me more about this idea of uh, setting people to work on tasks together. Is that something that you think doesn't happen enough in many workplaces? Um, I think in in larger kitchens, we were very fortunate at Oak Ridge to, um, where we were always working on everything together, always bouncing off, uh, bouncing ideas off of each other, which was great. But, you know, you look at some bigger kitchens where you might have 30 or 40 staff in there. Um, I think it's very hard to get people to actually work on projects because, I mean, you'll have your development team, but outside of that, everyone's just just in there as, as foot soldiers just, just getting it done um, and not really much else to it. And I guess if you feel like you are just that cog in a wheel, then you feel less valued as, as an individual as well. That's right. I mean, you end up just feeling like a bit of a robot. You're just doing the same thing day in, day out. And, you know, when there's so many people in the kitchen, it's kind of hard to get recognition at the same time when you're battling it out with, you know, <laughs> trying to get recognition with 30 other people. It's, it can be difficult and take a huge toll. So what, I can sort of hear, you know, perhaps some more senior kitchen people in the, in, you know, on my shoulder saying, well, you know, not everyone can have the glory, you know, you've got to work up to that. Like what are some sort of practical ways that, that, um, that people can feel valued as individuals but still play that team role in a, in a kitchen environment? Um, oh, good question. I think it's always good to give, give people certain tasks um, as, as, a, as a manager, I think, you know, if someone came up to me and said, all right, I want you to try out this recipe, um, you know, kind of really sharing that load with everyone and uh, s- setting people individual tasks at the same time that they can then a- approach their their peers and go, hey, what do you reckon about this? Um, I've been I've been set this task by, by the boss and I really want to make it good. Um, so I think just, just starting small and giving people – little tasks here and there they might not be a great deal you know you might not get 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 put in a good food guide or anything for it but I think for your own self-gratification just knowing that yeah I've actually been asked to do this because they trust me and they want me to um, progress in in my in my career and and have some you know, self-motivation, I think that's great. That's also really nice what you say, like if you are given that task that you would then go and talk to your workmates about it and sort of bring people in. So I guess at every step it's this idea of of um, people not just staying in their lane but as well as, you know, you, sure you've got to get the job done but it's about sharing a, a cr- across channels as well as as well as up and down those those um, those structures um, for that mutual enrichment. Where everyone feels like they're progressing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, sounds really good. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> together, and you know, just yeah, try and try and share that load, which is good. 
Okay. Have you talked to your mum specifically about restaurant environments and has she given you any particular insights from from her experience about, you know, is, he, is she like shocked that things work a certain way in hospitality and, and, and thinks, oh, that should be like this? Oh, God, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it, it, it's hard to, I guess that's what I'm trying to do with Eat the Issue is break that trend of, oh, that's the way it is in hospitality because, you know, it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, we should all be treated equally and with the utmost respect and, and care. So sometimes, you know, when you go home to mum and go, oh, like you wouldn't believe what happened at work today. And she goes, oh, my God, like how do they, how do they get away with that? You know, that's how, like how can anyone make my son upset? And you kind of just go, well, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. But I think there is no room for that anymore. There, there is no that's the way it is. Um, that, that you know, very it's it's a real Gordon Ramsay thing to say. Uh, it's because there, there is no yeah that the there is no yeah that the way it is anymore because we just need to always be moving forward and that's the beauty of hospitality. It's it's always an evolving thing. So there's no reason for us to be stuck in one spot and it's my way or the highway. Mm, yeah, it's. That's really interesting. Do you, like, Is I know that your next role is incredibly top secret and I can't twist your arm at this distance so you won't tell me, but <laughs> are you, is it a more senior position than you've had in the past? Yeah, I, I have taken a, a sous chef position, um, which I'm really Great. excited for. I think I have a lot to learn. And I, you know, I was actually having a chat to mum the other night pretty much about this exact conversation we're having now. And uh, things that, you know, I would kind of like to implement when managing people, um, you know, not as a whole, but, you know, as individuals and, and having that connection with each other. So I think I'm really fortunate to always have, have mum there and just to kind of learn not, not so much the do's and don'ts, but the how's, um, which, is, which, is, which is really great. Well, so what are you going to do? Like what are your aspirations and, for being a manager in your new role? Um, I, like, like I was saying before, I think debriefing and, and briefing, uh, some things I'm really going to include in my structure, uh, and pretty much everything I've actually been talking about. I think setting tasks, um, for people individually is, is really important. Um, you know, that's something I, I had done throughout my apprenticeship that my bosses had set, set for me. So I felt like that was a really good way to help staff progress, um, some other things, uh, I think having a social aspect as well is is always great. Uh, you know, you can't just, oh, I mean, it, it is good to always keep it professional and, you know, keep things at work and, and to not kind of twist people and be, be their friends but also be their bosses at the same time. I think you just need to make sure you have that definitive line be- between that because I, th- I think, you know, I have had that experience where, you know, you would hang out with your managers outside of work and you'd be best mates and then you'd get to work and say something would go wrong and you'd get in trouble and then you'd go like, what the hell, we were, I thought we were friends kind of thing. So I think making sure you have that definitive line but also making people comfortable that when something is going wrong, they can come and approach you. Yeah, I imagine that could be a really tricky balance sometimes, especially as people get promoted in the same kitchen. You know, perhaps you were in a similar role and then suddenly one person's the other person's boss. That must be a tricky thing to juggle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think just making sure you do have that, that work-life balance with not, I mean, not, not just yourself but with your staff and, and just letting them know you, they can always come to you like a friend. But 
um, you know, when, when you're at work, you are their boss at the same time. Mm, yeah. What about um, outside of the industry? Do you think it's important that you've got interests that aren't just uh, related to restaurants? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, it, uh, being physically healthy and mentally healthy go go hand in hand. I don't think you can have one without the other. So I think always taking part in some form of exercise is always going to be have a, have a positive change on your mental health. And I think it's always great to have a disconnect from work because hospitality, I mean, especially being a chef, I always find it really hard on my days off to, to not cook or not, you know, try and teach myself new things within hospitality, which I mean, nothing wrong with it, but I mean, you kind of feel like you're always working. So to have that disconnect, like I've, you know, this year I've started playing a lot of golf, um, with, with with friends, yeah, with friends who aren't in the hospitality industry, so it's great to go and be with them, and you know they don't they don't know what's going on with hospitality, and I don't really know what's going on with their industry, so you can just have that disconnect, and you don't have to talk about work, and you know all you, all you have to think about is is hitting a hole in one. So, <laughs> have you hit a hole in one? Oh, I've gotten close. No, I haven't. I haven't. Really? <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. George, is there anything else that you want to um, share with us today? Um, I, yeah, I think I think we've covered everything. I'm really grateful for you having me on today, Danny. Um, it's been great to kind of have a chat with you about things and and the future of mental health in hospitality and the food and beverage industries as well. Yeah, thanks, George. I think, you know, I've talked to so many different people over these two weeks of talking about mental health and hospitality. And I think it's really, um, I'm really grateful to you for bringing the perspective of a young chef who's, uh, you've had, you know, a, you know, very like good experience in the industry, uh, uh, but you've obviously got so many years ahead of you. And uh, yeah, it's just really encouraging to think that you're going to be a leader coming through you've got such a great basis and you've got such a great mum I love hearing a young man speak so fully of his mother <laughs> it's so nice oh I, I love it I love her dearly I, that's one thing I'm really going to miss um be, being away from home is is being able to just you know pop over to mum's whenever you know things are tough and always having her there so um yeah I mean her name's Ray Bonnie um if anyone wants to look her up she does some really amazing work so uh yeah Thank you. <laughs> what does she? What's what does what does she cook for you when you go home? Oh, she makes a mean meatloaf. Uh, it, it's it's the 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 go to meal. It's the birthday meal, death row meal, every all the meals. It's if if, if I had mum's meatloaf for the last meal of my life, I'd be I'd die a very happy man. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, George, I really wish you all the best with the new job. When you're allowed to talk about it, let us know, and um, we'll tell the dirty <laughs> we'll, we'll tell the dirty linen crowd. But yeah, thank you so much for being part of our mental health and hospitality fortnight. It's been a real pleasure to have a chat. Unreal. Thank you, Danny. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We wanna hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. <laughs>